Hi, I'm Kevin Kittle, and this is The Cinema Files. Today we are chatting with Nicholas Winding Refn, director of Bronson, Drive, and The Neon Demon, which is now available for streaming only on Amazon Prime. Hi, Nicholas. How's it going? Very well. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Arizona, near Phoenix. Oh, wow. So I know you've been asked probably thousands of times what the title means, The Neon Demon, but my question is a little different. When you chose this title, were you intentionally being ambiguous, or is there really a specific thing of what The Neon Demon is when you're writing the story? Well, it started in a way to describe the entity. But then it became very clear, very quickly in the shoot that the Neon Demon was essentially going to be self-hanning. Ah, that's interesting. And so everything made sense (laughs) after that. But that's the fun part. You don't sometimes, you know, the act of just feeling something is right and not always knowing what it leads to can be very intriguing. So when in your process of creating this film, is, is something like this particular title, does that come up front or did that come at the end, as you said, as you you know, saw this in her character? No, it kind of, it came at the end of the kind of, before the shooting began. The script was pretty much nearing its end when I came up with the title. And it wanted the title to have certain elements that I was drawn to. And I basically did an old classic word game. (laughs) (laughs) Wrote various words down on index cards. And then I started seeing where they would lead to. Uh, Well, it does does seem to be uh, a very fitting um, and invocative title, uh, which is perfect for this film. Um, what was your inspiration behind this story? I mean, was it just something you came up with, or have you like pers- personally witnessed fame and fashion devour innocent souls? <laughs> I've not personally uh, experienced it, and I think it was more that I wanted to make a film about beauty. And, you know the insanity of beauty and uh, the fashion world was just a great backdrop for it. And, you know, I make everything pretty much based on what I would like to see. So you mentioned beauty in context with this film. What, what do you find more attractive, uh, confidence or innocence? <laughs> um, Imperfection. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. I, I know uh, many times people say that it's confidence that that they find attractive, but I've noticed in the in the movie, as certain characters gained more confidence, they actually became uh, less attractive uh, and more of a monster. Right, right. <laughs> well, it certainly usually ends up like that. <laughs> ah, yes, definitely. Yeah, this uh, the ending. The ending was quite. Uh, unexpected. <laughs> mm-hmm. In what way? Well, personally, watching it, I, I saw the path it was going. It, it was, you know, it's a very dark fairy tale, is what I would call it. 
Um, and it kind of turns into a horror story at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's hints that these other characters want to consume her in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, just was not expecting literal consumption, I guess. Um, <laughs> and without giving without giving anything away, the uh, the eyeball scene at the very end was was uh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Yeah. Again, was that your intention? Was it was it meant just to be a shock? Were you having fun with the audience? Or? <laughs> well, it's what the whole movie is about: insanity of beauty. You know, mm. it's very much like fairy tales. There is always some kind of very extreme catharsis that everything leads towards. You know. Uh, I see. Now I've noticed that's a kind of a common theme in a lot of your films is either uh, it's a fairy tale, a hyper realistic fairy tale, and you're also um, I've seen a lot of like transformation themes, the change of a character. It's a very uh, I guess a large story arc or character mm-hmm. arc. Um, what what draws you to these particular types of stories? I don't know. I, I wish I did, but I don't really. I just make films based on what I would like to see. But I find transformations to be always very compelling, you know, because it's about movement. But it's movement, it can be moving in different ways. Transformation is also about standing still. I find, in a way, storytelling much more compelling if the movie is actually standing still, but it's you who's watching it, who's going from A to B, not the film. Interesting. And that's where transformation comes in, of course. One of the things I, I really enjoyed about the movie uh, was, to me, it, it was eye candy in the purest form in, in so many different levels. Um, I've also referred to it as, as being like color porn, but then I was shocked to learn that you're actually colorblind. Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How like how does <laughs> how does that work? How um, with something that's so uh, dependent on colors, how, how do you how do you create that? Well, I just have to base everything. It has to be made so I can see it, and I can only see extreme colors. Oh, I see, and so that's why there's so much uh, contrast in working with uh-huh. lights and shadow, right? Yeah. In a lot of your films, who makes a lot of these color choices? Um, if you can only see the extremes and you're working with contrast, I mean, is that done by the DP or your art director? I just tell everyone that it has to have as much contrast as possible. And then in the final post-production stages, that's where I, you know, I kind of finish the look of the movie. Like the final evolution of it. But before that, of course, it's just certain things that people can't use because I can't see them. It certainly lends to very unique and uh, great-looking films. Um, you, you definitely have a style that stands out among other directors. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's like using your handicap as an advantage. Right, right. Well, they always say that handicaps like that force you to be more creative in different ways. Oh, absolutely. And creativity. Mm-hmm is about taking advantage of your weaknesses and turning them into your strengths. Absolutely. I have a few questions about some of the symbolism in the film. Um, some of mm-hmm. it, I think, you know, is, is fairly obvious. But there are a few moments that I was just uh, 
confounded. <laughs> What's the significance of the cougar that shows up in her room? Is that just, uh, again, does it have significance? I mean, is it is it kind of a play on words where you got to watch out for the older cougars that are going to tear you apart? Or um, partly. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer in it. I love the idea of the mythology of L.A. like an animal, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. That there's something that an entity around everywhere. There's a, there's a sense of prey and beauty and fear, but also it's very sexy. Yes. It's very seductive. And mountain lions, like panthers and breed of animals are just so compelling. They're so sexy and scary and sleek and dangerous, but yet you're drawn to it. Yeah, I think that's an excellent parallel. Yeah. And also the whole idea of L.A. and its attitude towards animals, you know. Do you live in L.A. or only there when you um, are shooting particular films? Shoot. I live in Copenhagen. Oh, okay. The place he, America would have been if Bernie Sanders won. <laughs> yes, if only. <laughs> so, uh, continuing on the symbolism theme here, um, something else that popped up a lot, and I'm not sure if it had relevance, was this uh, shape of these triangles, these triangles nested inside of themselves. And I noticed it was very prevalent in the uh, fashion show. And that particular fashion uh, show... Um, the El Fanning character, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, that's when she makes her main transformation from being innocent to being this demonic character, I guess. Is there any significance to the shape, or is it, again, just something that was visually uh, appealing? It's the, sh- it's the symbol of the neon demon. What makes that hers? It's what the neon demon looks like. Um, I felt the design of the three points... You know, which is a classic satanic symbol. In a way, you can say that neon demon is one long ritual of beauty, like a witchcraft, you know? Mm-hmm. The occult, the triangle, is a very haunting image. It's a very female empowerment. And then each point of the triangle, which represents represent the three witches, Sarah, Ruby, and Gigi. And it was made of neon, because the film is called The Neon Demon. Now, would you consider um, Ruby, well, I guess I guess that's not an accurate way. I was going to say, would you consider her one of the, the villains? I guess by the end of it, she absolutely is. But I, I felt she was one of the more sympathetic characters in the entire film. Well, I would say that she starts as the antagonist, but then becomes the protagonist through this course of the story. Just like Jesse starts off as being the, the protagonist, but ends up being the antagonist. I see. Um, so I think we've got to wrap it up pretty quick here. Uh, one final question. Of all the features you've made so far, is there one that's your personal favorite? I try never to even compensate that kind of a question. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to answer it. I guess they're kind of like your children, right? You don't want to love one more than the other. Yeah, it's like, how can you even ask that? It's too difficult. <laughs> but <laughs> I leave that up to experts like you to to decide what you feel is the most right thing to answer. Well, 
I think that's, you know, all subjective. Um, and and uh, when, I, when I personally create something, I always have certain elements of different ones that I enjoy more than the others, or I, I think I succeeded personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, but as a critic, I mean, it's all subjective. We can only look at it from our own perspective. Yeah, but that's when it becomes interesting, because then there's something to discuss and argue about. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Well, Nicholas, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us today. Absolutely. The Neon Demon will be available for streaming on November 3rd, only on Amazon Prime. And thanks again, Nicholas. You're very welcome. Thank you.